CFC family, Keith and Regina here. Just checking in to let you know we're doing okay and we hope you are too. We're looking forward to teaching Kids Church and worshiping with you all real soon. Bye for now. See ya. Hi, Chingy Face Center. It's Jay and Julie Martin. Hey, we miss you guys. Love ya. It's me, Jenny. I just wanted to hop on here and say I miss you, CSC family. Hope you guys are doing well and staying safe through this time and hope to see you guys soon. Good morning, family. Me and Destiny just wanted to say hello and hope you're all safe and can't wait to see you. Oh, by the way, she expects lots of butt rubs. Hey CFC family. Hi guys, we so miss you and we hope that each one of you are doing well and we can hardly wait to see you again. Well, welcome to Cheney Faith Online. Good morning, good afternoon. Good evening, wherever this may find you. I look forward to the day when we can do this in person together again. But until then, I invite you to just join me as we worship together with our voices this morning.
reading through 1 Peter as a church. I just wanted to read um, this scripture out of chapter 1. Verse 8 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And this next song is about looking forward to that time when, when we will see Jesus. And even though we haven't seen him, our prayer is that we would know him well, spending time with him. Hopefully even extra time during this, this season we may be stuck at home. Yeah, so let's just sing this to Jesus this morning or this afternoon.
time in your presence, in your courts, knowing that soon we will be with you, Lord. May we increase in getting to know you, who you are, spending time with you, Jesus. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cheney Faith Center's digital online service. I'm Pastor Mark. And this is Pastor Kate, and we want to share some things with you this morning. First of all, we're glad that you're with us, and that you're, we're glad you're doing church with us this way, too. We're obviously missing being together and being together in large groups and being able to just encourage one another in Christ and hang out together. Uh, but this is looks like it's life moving forward for a little bit. So we're going to continue doing church like this for a while until we have the okay from our government to be able to meet together and we look forward to that day. Mm -hmm. I want to encourage you and say thank you for your giving. Our giving has been great and we're just excited that you're continuing to give to the Lord and to give to the church. We've been using those funds to do some great things in our community and we'll be sharing those things with you in the future. But I wanted to say thank you for giving and, and remind you, you can give in three ways. You can give online at our website at cheneyfacecenter.org. You can give with an envelope. You can send in check or cash just straight to the church at our address or you can give by text we now uh, have the ability for you to text and that's going to come on the screen in just a minute and you'll be able to see how to do that but you can also text in a gift if you'd like so those are some great ways you can give and when we take a break in a minute that'll be an opportunity for you to give thank you for your generosity one of the things that we thought would be fun this week would be to do a digital greeting. So I encourage you to get out your cell phone and to choose someone in your contact list that you think you want to send a greeting to. Someone that you're missing seeing at church. It's just a simple text to say, hey, I'm thinking of you. I'm missing you. I can't wait to see you. We're going to put a countdown on the screen so that you have some time to do that. But what a fun way for people to receive and give texts, letting them know that we love each other and that we miss each other. Welcome back from our digital greeting time. We've been studying the book of 1 Peter and in 1 Peter chapter 5, it talks about how the shepherds of the flock, the leaders of the flock, take care of the flock and do a good job of that. And uh, we're trying to do that as we move forward with the coronavirus. And I have several of our ministry leaders are gonna come and share with you how we're doing that in particular, how that affects their ministries and how that will affect you moving forward. So let's listen. 
Hi, I'm Elsa. And I'm April. We're the Faith Kids Directors here at Cheney Faith Center. And our mission is to equip parents as they disciple the next generation to know Jesus and live for him daily. Well, summer is right around the corner. So we wanted to give a quick update about what's coming up and what's not, as this year looks a bit different. Our biggest event for kids every year is Vacation Bible School. Mm -hmm. We look forward to this event for months. It really is the best week of the summer. But to best serve our community and our congregation amid the uncertainty around what restrictions will be in effect this summer, we have decided to cancel VBS. This means VBS 2021 is going to be incredible since we have an extra year to plan. We will miss having VBS, but we still have a few things in the works for this summer. I'm not going to give too much away right now, but there are frozen treats and fun music involved. As summer gets closer, we'll keep you updated on what to expect. So follow our social media channels or check out our website so you'll know what's happening in the coming months. Until we are back together again, you can find ways to disciple your family at cheneyfaithcenter.org slash kids. We'll be meeting every Wednesday at 11 for ZBS, Zoom Bible School. Find the link at cheneyfaithcenter.org slash kids. And if you haven't already been receiving them, you can sign up for a weekly family devotional there too. We love hearing from you. So connect with us via email, faithkids at cheneyfaithcenter.org or find us on Instagram at cheneyfaithkids. We love you. We're praying for you. Be blessed. Hello church, Troy Audette here. I'm the youth pastor at Cheney Faith Center and I have some important information that I need to share with you. After several weeks of prayerful consideration and time together as an administration team, we've come to the decision that we will not be hosting a summer camp this summer for AMP. We need to consider our students' physical health, not only our students, but our leaders and all volunteers that would be working to make AMP camp happen. So with that consideration, we've decided not to have camp. We are, however, though, looking forward to making connections with our students in smaller settings throughout the summer. We already have planned a few hikes and swim trips that we are excited to um, do with all of our students. We love you all, and we're sorry for this information, but we truly believe that it's what's best for our youth group in the current time. We hope you all are doing well. Take care. Until next time. Hi everyone. Well, I'm coming to you from a beautiful day in the Pacific Northwest. And I have to be honest, even though it's wonderful outside and beautiful here in the Pacific Northwest, I can say I, I want to be with you today. I, I want to worship Jesus with you in our auditorium and hear your beautiful voices sing the praises of our God and King. I want to shake hands with you and give you a hug. I want to pray with some of you that are having a tough week and just need an extra special touch of the Lord's presence. And I could say even today that I'm even at a place 
having not seen all of you for so long. I'm even at a place that I would put up with and I would maybe even relish seeing some of you with your ugly Seahawks jerseys on while we are together as a body. That's where I'm at. I'm at that place. And I hope all of you are doing well. I hope that you're creatively connecting with people, that you're owning your faith and you're growing in Christ, and that you're contending in prayer. I hope these things are happening. It's my prayer for each of you. I hope you're using this time to grow in your faith in Jesus Christ, to listen more intently to the voice of the Holy Spirit and learn how to obey Him. I hope those things are happening. That's my prayer for each and every one of you. But I'm also a realist. I also know that this time is difficult. This crisis is challenging. And so I know that some of us are really struggling, that the, the isolation is getting to all of us in one way or another. I realize that. Some of us are battling some challenging issues right now, maybe relationally, even in our own soul. Maybe there's just some mental issues and some, some mental things that we're working through right now. I realize several of us during this quarantine has brought up some, maybe some health issues, maybe some unhealthy lifestyles that we haven't dealt with in a while. The truth is, many of us right now are going through some stuff. And I want to pray the grace and peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ over you right now. And I pray that you would abundantly know his grace and his peace. For much of our lives, we will deal with situations that are similar to this one. We'll, we'll deal with how we want to live our life. And then we'll deal with the reality of what's happening and what's going on and the circumstances and situations of our life. And learning in the middle of that to obey the Holy Spirit, to honor God's word. And that's what we're doing right now. This is true discipleship. This is also what Peter is going to talk about today in 1 Peter chapter 4. We've been in a series in the book of 1 Peter and enjoying uh, the goodness of God's word there. And I want to share some things with you because Peter is going to talk about the truth of following Jesus. And he's going to share three things that are really, really important in this chapter. I'll get to those in a minute. When I was in Bible college, I had the privilege of going to Africa with one of my professors. And this professor had an interesting phrase that he said uh, almost the entire time we were in Africa. And this was his phrase, reality check. <laughs> he would say this phrase often. He would say this phrase when we would see something around us that was completely different to life in America. He would say it when we would be ministering to some people or when we would experience or see something that was the reality of how most of the world lives outside of the United States. And so he would often say, reality check. When we saw an, an entire dump full of kids that were living there because they had nowhere else to live, reality check. When we were stuck in a traffic jam for hours because elephants had taken over an entire intersection, reality check. When we got to meet people that had walked for almost 10 hours to get to church, 
reality check. When we worshiped with no instruments for an hour and a half, reality check. When we drove on these crazy roads with potholes everywhere, my professor said, oh, this must be Spokane. <laughs> and when we would pass the tithe bucket in church and every single person in the room would give something and they were dirt poor, reality check. See, sometimes like Peter, my professor would point out the truth about following Jesus. And I want us to look at three things that Peter talks about in chapter 4 that are true about following Jesus. The truth about our actions, the truth about our service, and the truth about suffering for Jesus. Let's look at the first one today. It's in verses 1 through 5. And I'm going to read it to us. I'm going to read from the New International Version this morning. And Peter said this about following Jesus. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. Because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless wild living, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Now here, Peter talks about the truth about our actions. He had a lot to say about our actions. In fact, the truth is our actions say a lot about our relationship with Jesus. We are proving to Jesus and to the world around us what we believe and who we're living for by our actions. Now, as a follower of Jesus, Peter says our actions will need to change. He says that Whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. There's this change that happens. We're done living one way in our sin, and we choose to live for Jesus. We choose to live in purity and righteousness and holiness. We choose to live a different way. See, when we decide, I'm going to live for Jesus, and I'm going to honor his word, it won't be easy. It will definitely be a different way of living. And as we strive for a life of holiness... There will be some, some inerrant suffering that will go along with that as we change our actions and our thinking to honor Jesus with our life. See, we all have to tell our body, our feelings, our, our desires, our thoughts. We have to eventually start to tell them, no. No, I'm not going to live like the world anymore. I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to live for his word. And that process of saying no to some things will be a bit challenging. And there might even be some minor suffering in that process. Now, verse 2 and verse 4 particularly describe what happened in our actions. Look at verse 2. It says, 
they do not live, they referring to the followers of Jesus, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. Now, Peter says something very interesting in this verse. It's nothing new. It's actually extremely old, but it's something to remind us of. And that is that life on earth is full of evil human desires. We see that everywhere around us. That our human desires can often take us to a place that is not good. That is not honorable to God's word and to what the Holy Spirit has for our lives. And in in that in that way, Peter calls it evil. Evil is real. And evil doesn't want us to live for Jesus. Yet, we all have these human desires that are within us. And there are good desires, and there are evil desires. And the enemy of our soul, as you know already, will always tempt us with these evil human desires. He, he wants us to move into those human evil human desires. He wants us to get stuck in those evil human desires because he knows as long as we're stuck in that place, we will not live in the fullness of God's will for our life. But that's why the Holy Spirit is here. That's why he's our helper. That's why he's our comforter. That's why he convicts us. That's why he talks to us. That's why we open the word and obey it regularly so that you and I can learn what it means to follow Christ and to live in God's will. That's why it's so important to listen to the Holy Spirit and obey him. That's why it's so important for us to be in God's word, memorizing it, having it in our hearts and in our minds so that we are people that live in God's will. The challenge is our desires turn into actions. And when our desires are evil, they will turn into an evil action. When our desires are to live in the will of God, then our actions will honor God's will for our life and God's word. In verse four, Peter said, they are surprised, and now he's talking about unbelievers people that don't want to honor Christ. Now he says, they are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless wild living and they heap abuse on you. This is a good reminder that the world won't understand why we're changing our actions. And one of the hardest truths about our actions is that it will change some relationships. As we change our actions to live for Jesus, we will notice things around us. We'll notice friends will call us names. They might even make fun of us. And they're doing that because we're not doing what they do. But the truth is, as a follower of Jesus, we now understand why we should live for him and the importance of obeying God's word and living in the spirit. That's real. It's understandable. It's in our heart and in our mind and in our spirit. It's, it's powerful in us and through us. And that's the way we desire to live. Peter ends this section about our actions in verse 5 by saying this, But they, referring to those unbelievers again, But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Now the truth is, God will hold the world accountable for its actions. There will be a day where God will hold every single one of us accountable for our actions. Now, 
How is this good news? Well, it's good news because when people are heaping abuse on us, we can remember that there will be a day when they will be accountable for the abuse that they gave us simply because we said yes to living for Jesus. This is the truth about our actions. And then Peter talks about the truth about our service, about how we live our lives, about how we serve Jesus Christ and how we serve the world. Look at it with me. It's verse 10 and 11. He said, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. I'm teaching today from one of the high hills near Eastern Washington University. As I look around, it's one of the highest spots in the area. And as you look behind me, you can see Eastern Washington University. You can see the background of our city. And to be honest, I, I thought I'd see buildings and houses, but I didn't realize how many trees we have. And so what you really see is, is trees everywhere and the beauty of the Pacific Northwest. You can see mountains in the distance, still a little snow on them. What a great place we live in. I decided to teach from here because I wanted us to see the beauty of our city and the PNW. But I also wanted us to see our mission field. See, this is our home. This is our city. Cheney and Eastern Washington are full of people that need us to serve them so that they will see the grace of God in their lives. They are our neighbors, our friends, our, our co-workers, fellow students, people we see at restaurants and coffee shops and gas stations and classrooms. They are loved by Jesus and they need to be loved by us. See, he died for each one and we are called to serve them in the mighty name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The truth is, this is who we are called to serve. Our area, our region, our city, and the people in it. Now the truth is, you have gifts. You have gifts that God has given you. You have spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you. You have natural gifts that God has given you. You have strengths and abilities that you were born with, that God created inside of you. It's unique to who you are. And so God put these in you for a specific purpose. And our gifts from God are designed to serve. That's why we're here. That's why they're in us. We will get to choose how we live. We get to choose to serve or to be selfish. Now the truth is following Jesus means we will serve just like he did. Just like he came not to be served but to serve 
and to live his life as a ransom for many and die on the cross and come back to life for us. Jesus' life was about serving and he calls his followers, you and me, to be servants of the world around us. See, the gifts aren't meant to, so that you and I can accumulate things for ourselves. The gifts aren't for me to become more popular. The gifts aren't for any kind of personal gain. The gifts God has placed in our lives actually aren't for us at all. They're for others. They're for us to serve other people, people in the body of Christ and people in the world around us. The gifts are meant to be used. Now our service to God and others Peter says, displays the grace of God. Here's what he said. We are faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. You and I, we're the stewards of God's grace. And God's grace manifests itself in our lives in all kinds of various forms because all of us have different gifts and talents and abilities that are meant to be used for Jesus. And this is the truth about our service. See, when we use our gifts and our talents and our resources to serve others, we're also giving away the grace of God. Now the hope is that people will see Jesus in us as we serve and that our service will help them want to live in the grace of Jesus Christ like we do. Now, right now, our service may look different, but it's just as important. It looks different because we're isolated, because we're in quarantine, because we're not leaving our homes. And so our service looks different. But can I remind you, there are still people all over our city that need us to serve them, that need a bit of love that needs some encouragement, that needs some joy in their life, that needs someone to talk to. And so can I, can I ask you to do something? I have this belief, and here's what it is, that throughout the day, the Holy Spirit will often bring someone to your mind or to your remembrance. And I believe those are God moments. Those are moments where the Holy Spirit is asking you to reach out to that person. And so can I encourage you, while we're in this quarantine and even after it, when the Holy Spirit brings someone to your heart and to your mind, don't just say, oh, that's a good friend. Call them. Reach out to them. Send them an encouraging email. Have a Zoom meeting with them and just digitally, face-to-face, ask them how they're doing. Let them talk and listen and just minister to people in the name of Jesus Christ. It's a little bit harder to do right now, but we can do it. We just have to be a little creative about it. This is the truth about our service. The last thing Peter said was the truth about suffering for Jesus. Now he spends really the entire rest of the chapter verses 12 through the end of the chapter, talking about what it means to suffer for Jesus. And there's lots that he talks about in these verses. But I want to share just one little verse with you and just talk about one little concept wrapped up in this verse. It's verse 14, and here's what Peter said. If you are insulted 
because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. I think you can wrap suffering up in this kind of crazy idea that when you and I suffer for Jesus Christ, we are blessed. Now you may be saying, Pastor Mark, that's not really the kind of blessing I was hoping for. Well, I know that, but we're talking about the truth this morning. And the truth is, there's going to be lots of your life that is full of the awesomeness and the greatness and the goodness of God. But there's also going to be moments in your life where somebody's not going to like you because you're a Christian. And to be honest, it's really not even them that doesn't like you. It's the enemy that doesn't like you. And he's just using them to get at you. But this is reality. This is the truth. There are going to be moments where you and I suffer for Jesus. Now here's the crazy truth about suffering for Jesus. It's a blessing. Now, this is a big mental shift. It's a huge mental shift for you and I to think suffering is a blessing. It's a blessing because when we suffer for Jesus, we are suffering for a good reason, for the right reason. Now I'm guessing that we've all suffered for the wrong reason. <laughs> we've all suffered for what in one time or another in our life because we did something wrong. We did something we weren't supposed to. We disobeyed our parents or we disobeyed the law or, or we did something that hurt someone. And as a result, we suffered for it. That's not a good reason to suffer for doing something wrong. The best reason to suffer is for doing something right, for doing something good. And so it's a blessing to suffer for Christ. Now, it's also a blessing, hear me, because when you and I suffer, we're suffering because we are connected to Jesus. We're suffering because we are in relationship with Jesus and people see that. We're connected to Jesus. We're connected to his name. And so it becomes a blessing because God will bless us for standing up for his son, Jesus. Now in the West, in the Western world, suffering is more about lifestyle change than torture. For instance... We think or say, I, I don't want to suffer for Jesus because I, I don't want my current lifestyle taken away from me. We're not thinking, I could lose my job today if I say yes to Jesus. I could be thrown in jail, never see my family again. The government might torture me to give up where the underground church is meeting. I might even be killed. Those are not the thoughts that we have in America. Now, I wore a shirt today. I'm preaching in this shirt. I am a Christian. I can wear this shirt all day today. I could wear this shirt and not wash it. It could be stinky and smelly. I could wear it for an entire month. And what would I get by wearing this shirt? Not much. Maybe a couple of people won't invite me to have coffee. Maybe a couple of people will just walk by and not say hi to me like they would someone else. 
there might be somebody that would say, nah, that's a dumb shirt. Somebody might say, I don't believe in Jesus. Uh, that's weird. Why do you always wear that shirt? But that probably would be about the extent of it. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm a Christian in America. We can be thankful that we only lose a little bit of our lifestyle in America. Now, we might lose some relationships and we might have some things that change in our life. But many of our brothers and sisters around the world are tortured, separated from their families, and they're killed if they wear a shirt like this. If they say, I'm connected to Jesus, their life could be over. Let me tell you a story about Mary Mohammadi. Mary Mohammadi is a, a Christian in Iran. She happens to be an outgoing Christian. She's, she's not afraid of her faith at all. In fact, last year, she, she launched a campaign fighting for the rights of the Iranian people to be able to meet in churches. As a result of this, she's been greatly persecuted. She's been thrown in jail twice with, with no uh, court trial, with, with no one uh, being able to advocate for her, just literally taken out of her home and thrown in jail. And while she's been in jail, she's been flogged, she's been starved, she's been strip searched, she's been thrown in isolation, she's been verbally abused daily by other prisoners and the guards while she's in prison. This is her life, but she's willing to do it because she's saying, I'm a Christian. I realize I'm a Christian in one of the most deadly places in the world because it's actually illegal to not be Islamic. But God does big things for her. And she believes in Jesus Christ so strongly that she is willing to put up with persecution and torture and trials because she believes it's a blessing to suffer for Christ. Recently, she was in prison and she just miraculously was released on Easter. In no way at all, she, she wasn't uh, released by the court system. She didn't go before a judge. They just walked in the room and said, get out of our prison. <laughs> God's doing miraculous things in Iran. In fact, one of the things that's really interesting right now is Iran's in sort of a mini revival right now where thousands of people are coming to believe in Jesus Christ. And Bibles are being, are, are being desired and wanted by every person they can. It's a great place right now to just see the fruit of the gospel of Jesus Christ going forward. Let me close with this verse. It's from Acts chapter 5. It's a moment where the apostles suffered for Jesus. It's, and here's what it says. They called the apostles in and they had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. The greatest blessing we could ever experience in this lifetime is for someone 
to connect us to Jesus. For someone to see Jesus in us, to see Jesus in our actions, to see Jesus in our service, to see Jesus in our suffering. If we suffer for being connected to Jesus, then we will receive an even greater blessing from God. There is nothing greater in this lifetime than being connected to Christ. That's good news. And this is the truth about suffering for Jesus. Now, during our time in 1 Peter, we've been focusing on living in the grace and peace of Jesus in an abundant way. And here's what we've discovered from the, at least these first four chapters, and I know we'll discover in the fifth chapter as well, and that is that the truth is when we honor Jesus with our actions, when we serve him with our gifts and our talents, and we are willing to suffer for Jesus, we experience a life full of the grace and peace of God. I want us to end this morning just with a, a quick prayer. I, I want to pray for us. I want to pray for us as, as we see our mission field and our city in the background. I want to pray that we would be a people that, would, that our actions would speak loudly for the Lord. Our lives would say yes to Jesus all the time. And that our service would be devoted to Christ. And that even in America where we don't suffer much, we would be willing to put up with insults. We'd be willing to suffer for Jesus. And I'm not saying we're going to go looking for it. But when it happens, we're not going to shy away from it. Because we're excited to be connected to Jesus. So join me in prayer. Jesus, we thank you for today. Thank you for a time to be together, even though it's in a technological, digital way. I pray for each family that's watching this and every single person that's watching this right now. I pray the grace and peace to abundantly be in their life. I pray that our actions and our service and our suffering would be for Jesus, that people would see you in us and that they would desire the grace of God because of what they see in us. Would our lives speak loudly for you, Jesus? And would we be honored? Would we rejoice when people see us connected to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, as we close, uh, maybe you've been watching this morning and you'd like to know what it means to live for Jesus. You'd like to say yes to Jesus. You'd like to believe in him as your savior and Lord. I wanna give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus. And because we're not in a room together, we, we've got a digital way that you can respond and we can get back to you. So if you'd like to say yes to Jesus, could you do us a favor? Could you text all one word, I said yes, to the number 43506. Someone will get in contact with you and talk to you about what it means to live a life for Christ. And then secondly, we wanted to start something new because we recognize that we also aren't getting to respond to messages and to the Holy Spirit operating and working in, it, in us while we're hearing a message. But we wanted to give people the option. And so if you 
uh, are responding to what we've talked about in the Word today, and the Holy Spirit's just telling you to take an extra step, we've got another way for you to connect to and for us to connect to you. And so uh, if you could, could text all one word, I need to talk <laughs> to 43506, one of the pastoral staff will get back with you and, and just listen and be a part of ministering to you. So that's, I said yes to 43506, if you're saying yes to Jesus, or I need to talk, all one word, to 43506, and someone will get in contact with you. Well, thanks for joining me today, and always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. Have a great week.